Welcome dudes and dudettes. This is episode 103 of the podcast. Happy to have you with me here on a Wednesday morning, even though you're not really here on a Wednesday morning. Today's episode 103 and the title of the episode is you do not have to feel okay to be okay. So this one was inspired by a post that I made in my Instagram account yesterday. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, on Instagram, it is the dot anxious dot truth. So follow me on over there. I'd love to have you. And I made this post that says you do not have to feel okay to be okay. Let me read what I wrote in the caption. One of the most valuable lessons you will learn is that you are capable and competent, even when not feeling great. Be aware of the bad habit of judging your ability based on how you feel all the time. And I think there is a lot there. So that's just a quick little Instagram post that got shared to Facebook and whatnot. A um, bunch of people jumped on it. So I'm happy that it resonated with many of you who are listening, I would hope. But I, I want to take maybe 15 minutes today and unpack that a little bit and go into some depth because this is kind of a core issue as part of recovery and the plan that we tend to follow in recovering from an anxiety disorder here. Uh, and you've heard me talk about this stuff, but, but I kind of want to focus on that particular concept of the difference between feeling okay and being okay. But let, let's, let's de define a few things first. I am not asserting that when you are anxious and afraid and shaky and vulnerable and all of those things, exhausted, I'm not saying that you are optimal. So first we have to understand the difference between oh, being okay and being optimal. And I, we need to really kind of define what I'm talking about when I say that you are able and competent even when you feel badly. I am not saying that when you are in the midst of, of raging panic, you are competent and able to perform brain surgery or, or, or pilot, you know, a, a spacecraft onto the surface of the moon. Maybe not that, but we are certainly competent and capable and able, even when anxious, even when, when afraid, even when exhausted, we are, we are capable of actually just living a day. We are capable of living a normal day. We are capable of taking steps forward in our recovery, even when we feel that way. In fact, when we take steps forward while feeling that way, those are the most valuable steps that we take. So I'm not claiming that you don't feel okay, but you are okay. I'm not claiming that, that you are in optimal position. I'm not claiming that at all. I understand that you are not in an optimal state right now. And I'm also not asserting that you are capable of performing like every possible task that can be thrown at you. You know, maybe if you're a surgeon, don't operate on somebody in the middle of a panic attack. That's probably reasonable advice. I don't think anybody would argue with that. So let's be, you know, let's get on the same page here and what I'm talking about. I'm also not asserting that you have to be resigned or even looking forward to, to feeling badly for the rest of your life. You do not have to do that. That is not at all what I'm saying. So sometimes when I talk about this topic and, and it kind of comes up, people get confused. And they think, well, are you saying that like I should be living feeling terribly forever. That's just the rest of my life. No, it's not what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying here is is kind of I'm highlighting one of the core concepts that gets you down the road toward recovery where you don't have to live every single day feeling badly feeling not okay. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, getting to a point where you're not riddled with anxiety every day, fear every day, doubt every day, uncertainty every day, self loathing every day, we're talking about that we're talking about getting past those things. But even when you do get past those things, I think this is a valuable lesson because we can under we, we learn this in recovery and we learn that it is okay some days, even years after you have recovered and an and anxiety disorder is long out of your rearview mirror. It's not a thing for you anymore. Even then, every human being has crappy days. 
We have days where we don't feel so great. We have days where we're angry or disappointed or sad, or we have to deal with loss or grieving, stress, whatever it is. Like even on those days for normal people, when they don't feel okay, they understand that they still are at their core. The reality is, even though the feelings are not so great, they are still okay. It's okay to feel those things sometimes. So there, there's multifaceted lesson here. There's a lesson for recovery from your anxiety problems. And then we're also learning a lesson that will serve us well for the rest of our lives when we look at this. So let's get into it. I'm not I know for the last few episodes, I've said this is going to be short. And when I look like uh, they've all wound up being a half hour anyway, but this one really won't be I, I promise I, I can't talk about this for a half hour. But so there's there's some things to say, but it's going to be kind of short and sweet. Because I, I think it's not a hard concept. This is one of those concepts that's short. It's to the point, there's just a few things we can go over, but it, it takes some time for you to sit there and say, well, I'm going to need to digest this. And I'm going to really like have to buy into this concept. This is one of those, those core foundational concepts that you're just going to have to buy into, even though you don't believe it yet. Like you will build belief through action in this concept, the concept that you are okay, even when you don't feel okay. So what are we talking about? We are talking about this big habit that that people with anxiety disorders and I had this habit, I did I had that habit when I was suffering. This is a habit and it's a mistake. So the mistake is, I'm going the habit is I'm going to focus on how I feel all the time, all the time, if I'm awake, and I am conscious, I'm going to be constantly scanning for how I feel. What, what, what am I thinking? How am I feeling about what I'm thinking? How is my body doing? Is my heart too fast? Is it too slow? Can I breathe? Is my breathing? Okay? Does anything hurt? Any twinges, tickles, pains, numbness? Am I dizzy? Do I feel steady? How's my stomach? Like, and then what am I thinking now? Am I afraid now? Am I anxious now? Am I going to be anxious now? Am I going to get triggered? Do I have to do something that will trigger me? Like, this is the, the dialogue. This is the daily, like almost constant state of an anxious person dealing with an anxiety disorder. Right? And, and I was there too. I understand what you're going through. And this is both a habit and a mistake. So the habit is the constant scanning and the constant evaluation of how you feel all the time. How do I feel now? And even in those moments when you feel good, when like you get a break, when the anxiety really isn't there, and you feel normal, you feel okay, you feel light again. Even then sometimes that habit carries over. Like, Oh, wait, I feel really good right now. Oh, no, when is how long is this going to last? This isn't going to last when's it going to come back. So that habit becomes pervasive. That is the habit and we need to learn to break that habit. The mistake that comes along with the habit is saying, Well, I feel badly right now. So I am scanning, I'm evaluating my state physically and mentally, and I'm going to call it bad. I do not feel okay right now. I don't feel okay today. I don't feel okay this morning, whatever it is. The mistake is taking that evaluation of how you feel and nailing it to your estimation of what you are capable of. That is the mistake. So the habit is the constant being constantly being engrossed in how you feel and evaluating how you feel. And the mistake is taking your opinion of how you feel, and then nailing it to your assessment of how capable you are of getting things done. And by getting things done, I'm talking about the simple things in life, like getting out of bed, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, putting on some clothes, making some phone calls, checking your email, going to work, taking the kids to school, cooking dinner, you know, having a conversation with your partner, reaching out to a friend, going for a walk, going to the gym. I'm talking about those things. I'm talking about living life. I'm also talking about the ability to do your 
what's the word I'm looking for? The, I'm talking about the ability to actually do your exposure tasks. If you have an exposure plan, you have a recovery plan, you're trying to get past panic disorder or agoraphobia. Like you take your assessment of how you feel, like my assessment of how I feel, I don't feel okay right now, I feel afraid right now. And then you nail that to your assessment and your opinion of what you can do at the moment. I better stay in bed. I better stay on the sofa. I can't do my exposures. I shouldn't go driving today. I shouldn't go walking today. I better Google my symptoms. Like, so the habit is the constant evaluation of how you feel, the constant focus on how you feel, thinking about how you feel, scanning for how you feel, evaluating how you feel, predicting how you're going to feel, ruminating about how you felt yesterday. That's the habit. And the error is taking the assessment of how you feel and using that to determine what you think you can do. So how you feel and what you can do are two completely and utterly independent things. That is what you need to get a grip on here. So when I say you don't have to feel okay to be okay, what I'm telling you is even when racked with anxiety, when feeling exhausted, when totally consumed with how you feel mentally, emotionally, and physically, you are still okay. You are okay at that base level of competence and ability to live a normal day. You can actually live a normal day. You can do your work. You can interact with your family and friends. You can attend a social function. You can, you know, wish somebody a happy birthday. You can have an argument with your mom. You can do all of those things. You can take care of your kids. You can take care of yourself. You can do those things. You may do them while feeling less than okay. You may not enjoy doing them when you're feeling that way. But just because you don't feel okay, because you're continually assessing every thought, every sensation, every twinge, every twitch, every change in your body, you are incorrectly assessing that as a threat. Just because anxiety is telling you you're not okay doesn't mean it's right. It is actually lying to you. It is continually lying to you. Oh, no, I had, I had that thought again. That thought is dangerous. I shouldn't have that thought. That's terrible. It means I'm a terrible person. Like, I, I, I got to stop having that thought. It means that my faith is shaken. It means I might kill myself. It means I might do something terrible to my kids. doesn't mean any of that. You are putting so much stock in intrusive and irrational thoughts. You're putting so much stock in physical sensations that never, ever, ever impact you other than to make you afraid and uncomfortable. So your assessment of I'm not, I don't feel okay right now, that's actually an incorrect assessment as it is. And so what you're doing is you're taking a distorted, fear-driven assessment of how you feel, like I feel, I don't feel okay right now. You turn that into a catastrophe. Your anxiety turns it into a catastrophe. And then therefore you say, well, I'm in, I'm in a catastrophic mode right now. I'm in a crisis mode right now. Surely I can't do anything. I better retreat to the sofa and just hope that this passes. I better obsessively scroll a Facebook group. And I, I better listen to a podcast. I better do something to make this go away because I can't do anything. Wrong. You don't have to feel okay to be okay. And this is part of the process of recovery where you learn that when you act, even though you don't want to act, when you go into action, even though you do not want to take action based on how you feel, you have an experience with a positive outcome. Well, I hated it. I didn't like sitting at work today. I didn't like being on that conference call. I thought I was going to lose my mind, but I didn't lose my mind. It was uncomfortable. It was scary. It was difficult. It was hard, but I did it and I'm okay. So when I tell you, you don't have to feel okay to be okay, I know right now you probably think I'm crazy and you're saying, well, this, what is this guy telling me here? Like, I feel so horrible. How am I supposed to get on a conference call with my colleagues right now? 
He doesn't even understand. I, I can't do that. I just can't bring myself to do it. No, you can. You are choosing to believe your assessment. You are, you are choosing to take your assessment of how you feel, and you are painting that color all over the rest of your life when that is not required. So I'm going to repeat again, you do not have to feel okay to be okay. You can act okay, even when you don't feel okay. And by acting okay, you are providing that experiential feedback to your brain so that you are literally confronting, like imagine trying to win an argument. Picture it this way. Imagine that you are in an argument with somebody that you like disagree with on some issue, whatever it happens to be, political, whatever, I don't care. And you've got all of your data, right? You're that person. You're a good debater. You've done your research. You've got data. You've got numbers. You've got facts and figures. You have a ton of smart people that corroborate your data. You're ready for that argument. So that is what you're doing by acting, even when you don't feel like acting, by acting okay, even when you don't feel okay, you are bringing the data. So you are bringing the evidence to the argument now. So now the lizard, the lizard brain, your lizard brain, the fear center in your brain is doing that whole like, we better get out of here because this isn't okay. And you can now respond with Yeah, but look, made dinner went shopping, picked the kids up from school, had two conference calls took care of my work did some email, you know, wish my sister happy birthday, took a walk, went to the gym. Look, I did it. <laughs> and then, you know, the fear center in your brain has to has to take that on board. Like, oh, okay, well, there's some evidence. I thought this was a disaster. And as it turns out, today was not a disaster. It just wasn't a great day. That's all. And when we repeat that over and over and over, then the assessment that you have of I don't feel okay, starts to change. Like, I don't feel great. But, but I guess I'm still okay. So you'll go from, I don't feel okay, I better crawl back under the covers. I bet I don't feel okay, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm crippled. This is hell. I'm never gonna get out of this. Goes to like, oh, I don't feel okay. I hate this, but I got to get on with it. Then it goes to like, well, I'm not really feeling great, but I know I can do it anyway. To like, oh, I'm so tired of feeling this way, as you're actually going on with your life and doing your stuff. And so over time, it changes the way you assess your state the drive to constantly scan and assess your state starts to change. And suddenly you are believing your experience as opposed to the voice in your head. And experience trumps the voice in your head every single time. Every single time in this thing that we're talking about, these anxiety disorders, actual experience in the real world is what is real. I did do the dishes. I did cook dinner. I did take a shower and get dressed. Even though I thought I couldn't. I did it anyway. The experience wins every single time. So when you act as if you're okay, even when you don't feel okay, you are building the experiences that you need to unmask that bad habit to shine a light on it. Like, oh boy, I, I guess I should I don't have to be doing this all the time. I don't have to continually be on guard for how I feel now and how I'm going to feel in an hour. Like it doesn't matter, I could just get up and do my stuff. And for now, I'm going to get up and do my stuff feeling like crap, but I know I could do it anyway. Like super, super important. Super, super important. So the idea that you don't have to feel okay to be okay is a critical cornerstone, like pillar upon which like all this recovery stuff that I talk about is built. You do not have to feel okay to be okay. You can feel terrible and still at the most basic human level, be able and competent your, your ability has not been wiped out. Now, 
what's going to happen when you start to put your brain around this and say, okay, all right, Drew, I guess I'm going to believe you, even though I don't, you can't just decide to believe what I'm saying, you have you have to build a belief through this action that I'm talking about, right. And what's going to happen is you will find every possible way to argue against it, every possible way. And you have to start to become aware of what those habits are. Am I checking how I feel right now? Am I checking my pulse? Am I looking for pains? Am I looking for nausea? Am I checking for dizziness? You know, am I am I trying to argue with my own brain and this thought that I have that I don't think that I should have that I hate having so much? Am I engaging with this stuff? Then if I am, I need to whoop, make a reset, relax my body, go to my breath, focus somewhere else, start to take control of that. So you have to understand when you're doing those things. And you have to have a plan in place for how to stop doing those things. Like whoop, reset, relax the body, breathe, focus somewhere else, get up off the sofa and go do something. Like that's generally the plan. But what's going to happen is you will still have those old habits. Like you're going to say, okay, I guess I have to get up and do the dishes now. And you will engage in that sort of you know, inner argument in your head. Well, I know I'm supposed to get up and do the dishes, but I'm so dizzy. But this is so hard. But, but, but. So you have to start to really be aware of when you're scanning. When are you checking? When are you evaluating yourself again and again and again and again and again? Know when you're doing that. And also start to look for the hallmarks of, of, of objection. And the hallmarks of objection is the word but. Whenever you use the word but in this context, you know something is wrong. Giant red flag. B-U-T. If you are using that word, there's a giant red flag. Like I know I'm supposed to do this, but there is no but. We have to stomp on the butts, but, 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 just stomp them out with both hands of the biggest, nastiest boots you own. You got to stomp on it with both feet. No more. No more of that. I don't have to feel okay to be okay. So let me go and prove to myself that I am okay. But nope, no but. As soon as a sentence starts with but, you got to end the sentence right there. Nope, not going to, not good, not doing that, not indulging that. Right. So this is this is the stuff that I'm talking about right here. So be aware that there is going to be resistance when you decide, all right, I'm, I'm going to try this, this crazy thing that this guy is telling me to do, there will be resistance. That is just normal. Like you have probably built the habit of countering every suggestion that you're okay, with the assertion that you are not, it is most likely that you have built that habit, that when somebody says to you, come on, let's go take a walk, your immediate reaction will be a torrent of words, whether you whether they're in your head, or you say them out loud, as to why that is a bad idea, why I can't do that. I'm dizzy. It's too loud. The sun is too bright. It triggers me the sounds There's too much traffic. I don't like when people look at me, you will literally spew a torrent of ideas either silently or to this other person, every single time, something like that comes up, the assertion that maybe you could actually go and accomplish something whether it's something that's on your recovery plan and exposure, or just a life test that has to be done. So be aware that you may say, I like this idea that I can act okay, even when I don't feel okay, you may like it and say, I want to do this. Now you're starting to feel motivated. Just be aware that there is going to be resistance because you have built the habit of resistance, probably ingrained it a lot over time. So there you go. So you got to be aware of your resistance, you have to be aware of when you're engaged in that that bad habit of scanning, evaluating, looking, guarding against how you feel, trying to protect yourself against feeling badly, like got to be aware of those things. And then you have to understand that like, oh, okay, that's right. 
just because I don't feel okay right now, first of all, my assessment of how I feel might not be right. But even if I don't feel okay, I can act like I'm okay at the most basic level, like the most basic level. And I think you have to also understand and, and have some context here, what I'm talking about here, I'm not talking about going from housebound or stuck on the sofa to out, you know, running marathons on a world cruise winning a Nobel Prize. I'm not talking about that. Like even the things you choose to do to prove to yourself that you are okay. Like I don't feel okay, but I am okay. Let me go do something to show myself that I'm okay. Those things that you choose to do will start small. It may start with just getting dressed, taking a shower, cleaning yourself up, getting human, sitting outside in the sun for a little bit. It may be as small as that, making a cup of tea, walking around the garden, whatever it is. You can start with the smallest possible things. Acting okay does not have to be like an epic activity. It doesn't. It could be the smallest things that you have been avoiding for all this time. And then they will grow over time as you as you build those positive experiences, right, you're giving your brain experiences with progressively changing positive outcomes, then those experiences will change. Also, they'll go from tiny things like brushing your teeth to bigger things like going to the mall, or going to the supermarket or going out to dinner, or going to an office party where there's 50 people there like those things. So that's that's going to happen too. So let's bring it back and wrap it up here. Again, the concept of the whole episode here is you don't have to feel okay to be okay. Right? So how you feel is in a, is usually a distorted assessment anyway. But that is a function of the constant bad habit of scanning, scanning and evaluating for no reason. You're protecting yourself against a danger that doesn't actually exist. You think it does, but it doesn't. So you're engaged in a bad habit that leads to a distorted assessment of how you feel. Then the mistake is I'm going to take that distorted assessment of how I feel, I'm going to nail it to my assessment, or, or my opinion of my ability and competency. That's the mistake. So you're going to feel badly, and you're going to show yourself that you are able and competent anyway, through action. And that's how this works. That's why it's important to understand that you don't have to feel okay to be okay. And then even I just want to reiterate this before we wrap it up. And here you go, 22 minutes in anyway, I have too many words, too many, so many words. And I'm just going to wrap it, wrap it up by reminding you that this skill that you are learning when you do this, when you adopt this mindset, and you act, even though you don't feel like acting, you are learning how to approach a day where maybe you don't feel so great. And one day down the road, when you can tell the world like, Oh, yeah, I used to have anxiety problems, I don't have them anymore. But even when you get to that time in your life, you'll be able to look and say, oh, I'm having a crappy day today. You know, my boss is a moron, or I lost my job or whatever, my kids are making me crazy, whatever it is, you know, you broke up with your girlfriend, I don't know, whatever happens to be going on in your life, you'll be able to look back on these experiences and say, well, today, I don't feel so great. Tomorrow, I, don't, I might not feel so great either, you know, take some time where I feel sad or angry or lonely or depressed or whatever. But you will not be crippled by those things. Like you are learning how to tolerate some distress in your life because being human means that every once in a while, contrary to what like social media would have you say, like we idolize happiness and nirvana, like it is a measure of some sort of like achievement and it is not, it is not like the default state for a human being is not unbridled joy. It's just not the default state is probably neutral to be honest with you. So forget everything that you think 
Like, well, my goal is just be feel great every day, be happy every day. Gra I must have gratitude. I must feel joy and, and love every day. You don't. You don't. So when you are hit with the reality of the fact that some days you won't feel so great when your life as a normal person commences and, and, and you're no longer wrecked with anxiety all the time, the lessons you will learn in here will serve you well on those days. Some days I'm incredibly happy. Some days I'm just neutral. Some days I feel like crap. But even on the days when I feel like crap, I am not crippled by it. So you are learning not to be crippled by your own emotions, by the negative events that you may encounter in life. These are valuable lessons and you will learn them when you go through this process and they will serve you well down the road. And if you want to do me a favor, you will pass those lessons on to the people who come after you. That's what I would ask of you. So there you go. I did 24 minutes anyway. So when I get going, it's hard for me to stop. Evidently I had more to say than I thought I did. I'm, I'm going to not, you know what? I'm just not going to say anymore that the episodes are short. If they turn out to be short, they turn out to be short. But if I get on a roll, I get on a roll. So that's the way it's going to be. Anywho, I appreciate you guys stopping by as always. I will leave you again with the sounds of Ben Drake, my friend Ben Drake. This song is called Afterglow, facebook.com slash Ben Drake Music. And if you are listening on iTunes or somewhere where you are allowed to rate a podcast or write a review, a really good review would be great. Rate us four or five stars, write a review. It helps other people find the podcast. And if you're getting help from it, somebody else might get help from it too. So there you go. All right, guys, thanks for stopping by. I will see you in the next episode. Have a most awesome day. Thanks for listening. And this is where your story begins. You got the feeling that you're gonna win. Yeah, you're on your way. It's in the afterglow. It's in the lyrics of the songs we know. It's in these feelings that you never show.